Hello everyone, you're listening to America Meditating Radio. We collect wisdom, inspire each other, and empower hearts on demand 24-7. I'm Sister Jenna, host of the syndicated America Meditating Radio. Join us as we talk one-on-one with leading experts who answer life's most compelling questions. Because in a world of uncertainty, we need answers right here, right now. America Meditating Radio, a show for everyone to learn more about this amazing thing called life. Shanti, everyone. Welcome to the next normal, your future glow, this time that we're being asked to elevate and raise our vibrations as we really enjoy our new setting and our whole new energy of the show. I hope you two have been enjoying it very much. If you're joining us for the first time, a very warm welcome. We hope that you will enjoy the community that stays very engaged online in the comments section. I have a really special guest who I had the privilege of interviewing in our India podcast of Where East Meets West, Param Gill, and I'd like to give you a little bit of an introduction about Param as I talk more about his journey inward. Param is an American film director and writer of Indian origin who is driven by an incredible passion for cinema and is known for directing films which tackle diverse issues. He's active in Hollywood and in Bollywood film industry and has won numerous of awards. He's also the CEO of Flickbag, a film production and distribution company based in Silicon Valley and California in Beverly Hills, but also Young in Three Films, where he's got three movies working on. Param, thanks for joining us. I am so pleased that you took this extra time to be with me today. Oh, thank you. The privilege is mine. So then I heard you went into dentistry, you did all of that, and then all of a sudden you started to feel like you wanted to become a monk. Please tell us what was going on in here, in the soul, that from going into the anatomy of the body or even in what's going on with someone's teeth, you were like, no, I'm looking for something else. I'm looking for something more mystical. What was going on inside of you? Yeah, you know, there is a, the reason why we wake up every morning and we do what we do and then retire in the night and we do that in a repeat mode pretty much most of our lives. I wasn't designed that way, so there was something short in my wiring in the brain. Purpose was very important for me. At some point, I just couldn't find a purpose to do anything. Everything was meaningless. So I had to seek some sort of meaning to continue doing what I was doing. One day I just got in the train and left and I arrived at Jagannath Puri in Orissa, which is the spiritual capital of India, if not rest of the world. Every religious organization is represented there. And there was this auto driver who I hired from once I landed at the station. I didn't even have any ticket. I slept on the floor in the train while going there. The urge was so much to find a purpose. Why not spiritual guidance? 
to discover it. And miraculously, the auto driver knew someone who was direct disciple of Paramahansa Yogananda, who's a very prominent field in spirituality. So he introduced me to this 90-year-old gentleman whose body was shaking. He had severe Parkinsonism and he was the one who taught me Surya Namaskar and he taught me the secrets of yoga and then he kept me in his house. He fed me. He was a retired government employee. He wasn't rich at all. And then he put me on to another monk who was working for Divine Life Society in their Puri ashram. By that time, I'd learned some heavy words like Kundalini and whatnot. So I see this young boy sitting and I'm thinking, hey, Mr. Nanda sent me to see this guy, really? This is a kid. What is he going to teach me? So he asked me, very polite guy. So what are you seeking? I said, oh, no, no, no. I do Kundalini yoga. It's very complex. He said, yeah. Okay. Let me teach you some basics first. I said, okay, since I'm being sent here. Now, as I got to know him, this 19-year-looking boy was over 50 years old. His feet were black from sitting in meditation for hours. He spent all night sitting in meditation. He could levitate. I mean, that again changed my definition of spirituality or achievement. And that's what he would always say, that achieving is understanding that you're nothing but part of this universe, surrendering to the universe. And that is the goal of spirituality. And that is your sole purpose. Surrendering to the universe. How much do you think that helps us as a collective humanity for someone to be sitting in yoga or in tapasya for hours upon hours? And the reason why I ask is very specific. I've often believed that I can't impact the world if I'm not in the middle of it. So can't I be in that spiritual place, Parambai, where I'm in that experience and my spirit or my personality is still able to convey the peace or the love that I experience in meditation? Do I have to be away from the world and do I have to sit for hours in meditation until my feet become black and blue? That's a very interesting question. And that's exactly what he said, surrender to the universe. We try to control everything around us without this realization that we are just a software on a hardware and we are extremely predictable. Few are able to, you know, go past that software and do things which they were not designed to do. But most of us are within what we were designed to do. What happens is when we surrender, or when we understand that there is a higher, let's call it energy, let's not put a face on it. And then we surrender to that energy. Anything is possible. But as long as you're trying to mess around and control, things become difficult. So to answer your question... No, you do not even need to sit in meditation. You do not need to be a spiritual person. You don't need to be anything. You just be yourself. But as long as you understand that you are just an extension of the universe, you are connected to everything, and everything is you, that brings in immense humility and immense awe at the scheme of things. And on material plane, it makes things much easier. You are able to connect with people much better because now you're not trying to control them. Now you are trying to just flow with the wind. That makes life very easy. Much of the problems on material plane are when we try to control. Hey, I have to do those three locks, but I'm not able to go past the stage. My sixth chakra is blocked. I saw this golden yellow orb around my 
head, so what is it? All these things are absolutely meaningless once, like you said, you're given to the universe. Right, you surrender to the universe. So with someone with your makeup, and you're a filmmaker, you had some medical experience in your past, what's the spiritual process that Param Gill goes through when he's filming a movie and you're looking behind that camera? You've got the story in your head. You're looking in a little lens. And you're aware that that lens is connecting to other segments or other scenes. What's happening inside of you at that time as you're filming some of your movies? Yeah, I just try to connect with the talent or the actors in front of the camera. And I feel that if this is impacting me in any way, because if it doesn't impact me, it won't impact anyone else. And that's pretty much all I look for in the beats of a scene or in the moment of a scene. And sometimes I switch things around right on set if something is not impacting me. So there is no formula to say, this is the way to make a good film. What they say is, as long as your film moves you, it can move mountains. Yeah, I get that feeling. Sometimes when I play back some of the shows that I do, I'll be like, nah. (laughs) Then sometimes when I play them back, I'll go, I can feel how sincere that soul is inside with everything that she does and says. And then the importance of it being captured on film is so vital, it's so priceless. Do you do meditation still? I mean, it's been how many years now since you've sort of transitioned from the official monkism into filmmaking? It's been 20 years since that episode. I regularly take isolation retreats pretty much every six months. I'm gone for a couple of weeks. I've also done dark retreat in Guatemala. So I keep placing myself in isolation. Meditation is not a form or a technique. That's what I learned the hard way. Meditation is just giving into the universe and then energy starts flowing. Yes, some postures help. Some basic breathing techniques help. But essentially, once you start to give into the universe, the life itself becomes a meditation. Whatever you're doing you're meditating because you're harmless now. You cannot harm anyone because you're not trying to trample on others to go higher. Your material ambitions are reduced to just being financially stable. Be able to help everyone as much as you can. Be as kind as you can. And within the limitations of your software, do the best you can. So everything is a meditation. I've heard a lot of people tell me, to meditate is to empty your mind and I will turn to them and say, how in the world does anyone do that? When you've got a story, a narrative of karmas living in the Atma, why would you want to empty it? There's some that are, you know, inspiring and some are just like, eh, you know, I'm not that interested. I don't want it. So with the pandemic happening now, Parambai, and we're isolated naturally, are you still going away on retreats? Yes, I did. In fact, I was very lucky because there is this meditation retreat called Ananda close to Sacramento. I've been going there for 20 years, so they are familiar with me. And so they let me be. So I did, I think, three retreats because everything was shut down. And once you're alone, away from everything in the middle of nature, you don't need to meditate. It just comes. It just finds you and then you just play along. And that is the maximum happiness I've ever experienced. Have you been writing any new scripts? Any new scripts have emerged from that? Yes, I have. 
this whole situation during the pandemic where all my friends who were running in this rat race and trying to outdo each other, everyone was hit with a jolt. Everyone suddenly realized that they are mortals and that sense of mortality has weighed so heavy on their heads that I'm constantly bombarded with this question. What is my purpose? Why am I here? I've made enough money. What do I do now? <laughs> I'm like, there is nothing to do. There is no purpose. Purpose is what you seek for yourself. And just surrender to the design of the universe and you will find your purpose. But there is no special pill that I have which will change things for you. It is a step in the right direction for the entire world, I believe, because everyone was stopped in their tracks. All the control freaks who were you know, wanting to be the next king of the world were just stopped in their tracks and they started to contemplate that, hey, wait a minute, what was I doing for these past 20, 30, 40 years? And where am I going with this? So there is a huge jump in people asking these questions, which is a positive thing. That has been something I've been observing. A lot of the Zoom sessions that I've been doing around the world, some of the guests or individuals, they might own a $15,000 Hermes bag of some sort, or you know, they've got their $100,000 Pate Philippe watch or something. And they were saying, well, there's nobody to see it anymore. There's no one to show. And then one of the big realizations for him was that folks were realizing that a lot of the choices that they made were to basically try to impress people, were to kind of show people, this is who I am, this is what I've got. And then the pandemic just put everybody inside and go, can you impress yourself with your own inner peace and inner power? And that's been a big gift. Yes, in that sense, this pandemic has been a huge gift to humanity to sit back and ponder and seek their own individual purpose and seek that peace within and find their place in the larger scheme of things and let that energy flow. We become such control freaks that we even block that energy, which is flowing naturally because we want things to go a certain way. So in that sense, yes, this has been a huge gift. A lot of lives have been lost and we pray for those souls. But it indeed has been a huge gift for all those people who were running out of nothing to nowhere. And have you ever found yourself asking, why do you think this happened? Why do you think this pandemic emerged and then on top of it becoming global? Again, I do not seek control. Virus is free to live as we are at any given space and time. Humanity as a species gives too much importance to itself. And that is one of the reasons we feel that when natural catastrophes happen, why did they happen? Well, they happen all the time. Bacteria, viruses, all the microscopic life has always existed. It will intersect with our lives. It might intersect again, and it might be sooner than this century that we had in between of peace where we were fighting each other and we were killing each other and now virus is killing us. So we are losing control here. How dare that virus kill us? We are the only ones who kill each other. So again, if you surrender into the design of the universe, life is a longing for itself in any form whatsoever. 
yes, we have these faces and we have a physical shape. Yes, we are not able to see the virus and that's why it's even more scary. But we are all from the same light. Speaking about I need to return to the light, there was a story of a man who was in an awful plane accident. He was on Oprah Winfrey. And after the accident occurred and he looked behind him because he was in first class at the time, he saw some, like the souls leaving the body and he saw how some looked like they had like a sort of like a halo around them. And then he saw some that were departing with a very heavy energy. And his realization at that moment in his life was, wow, am I supposed to leave here with the amount of light I came in? Is that my purpose? Because we spoke about that. And one of my big focus on the next normal is to create a narrative and an experience that can we bring more of that light into our lives so that the world can be more golden aged. So when you speak about light, what's your understanding or definition of light for you in a spiritual sense? It's the primordial light. I was in darkness for 25 days and suddenly there was light, like car headlight in your face. It was colorless. The brain could only process it as light, lacking any other concept but you are in the dark, how can there be light, right? So you close your eyes, you toss and turn, and you're like, okay, I'm going to lose this light. But you can't lose this light. The intensity keeps getting stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. And it's the same light in all of us. You don't have to spend 25 days in the dark to see it, experience it, feel it. I'm not creating anything. That light is always there. Now, if I have made a choice to disconnect from that light, then that's my personal choice. And that is much of humanity. It's there. (laughs) We don't have to create anything. The same thing that you asked, do you need to spend 20 years in a jungle or meditating? No. What are you doing when you're meditating? Are you creating anything? Do you grow wings? Do you start flying? No. You're trying to connect with the same light, which is always there. It's like... If there were no mirrors and suddenly there's a mirror and you were able to see your face and you're like, whoa. (laughs) So that light is always there. We disconnect from that light with material ambitions. Once you pull back, once you let go, you are in that light. You are the light. Everyone is that light. Beautiful. When you're in the consciousness of light, it's hard to give sorrow to anyone. And it's equally as hard to receive sorrow from anyone. Tell us a little bit of maybe a moment in your own journey when you weren't your best and you had a turnaround. What was responsible for your turnaround? What was that moment of light? What was that light telling you to do to make your turnaround matter? You know, like everyone else, coming from small town India, you asked to be very ambitious You're supposed to be always first in your class. You're supposed to be the best out there and you're supposed to go further than anyone has ever been. I was like that. Then I told you about my journey to Puri and that didn't take the ambition away. That told me anything is possible. It doesn't mean anything, but anything is possible. So I came here and then I 
made these big budget movies. I had so many different dental practices across California. I was high flyer, but I had zero management skills. So things went south on me in a few years. And I realized that, hey, you don't have management skills, so you can't be opening offices all over the place thinking they'll run by themselves with the light of God. It doesn't happen that way. Someone has to go there and manage them. So those were financially difficult times where I had accumulated a huge debt. I was stressed like anyone else that, okay, how are we going to get out of the situation? Some of those offices had to be closed. Some have to be sold. Some have to be merged together. And at that moment of time, I again went on a retreat which I always do whenever I'm in crisis. I just go for a retreat. When I'm by myself, things eventually, you know, sort themselves out. And again, it was the same light. I sat down and I was stressed and suddenly there was nothing. And it was like, just give in and everything will be fine. And that's what I did. I just gave in. I stopped worrying about it. I stopped thinking about it. I came back. In three, four years, everything was back to normal. We had gotten rid of all the debt. I mean, nothing changed. It was just my reaction to a situation. Yeah, I've actually had that experience just recently. I was noticing a situation had occurred for me last week, and it was kind of a shocker because it was kind of instant. And I was observing, Parambai, how there were two places I was coming from. One was love, which you would call the surrender to the universe, you know, being in the light. And then the other was the attachment of the story that I was accustomed to. And it fascinated me, Param, how when I was looking at what was happening from the place of attachment, the story was so negative. And when I would look at the story from the place of love and soul consciousness and God consciousness and surrendering to the universe, there was freedom. Like it was all going to be okay. You still have to go through whatever you need to go through, but emotionally and spiritually, I'm good. I'm okay. It's that tug of war, you know, that you're trying to either reduce or just stop. But then again, would we be bored? I agree. I've had many teachers in the past, and he would call it Leela. And he said, if there is no Leela, if you're just sitting here and you're just closed eyes and you're just in the light all the time, that can get boring. Don't you think, Paro? And I, <laughs> this Maya, this God has been made, this world has been made for you by God. So go enjoy it. Run with it. But don't try to control it. Don't try to win it. Because nobody wins it. <laughs> That's so true, right? The whole notion of spirituality, religion, the metaphysics, I think it's been tweaked. Let's just say that. You know, I think about all the gurus in India all the rabbis, the priests, the imams, the meditation teachers, what are they doing now? They're realizing that at the end of the day, it's about their own self-transformation. And it's not as such about pushing it on others, but it's about being that transformation that maybe others will travel with you on your journeys as well, and they'll accompany you. Has your interpretation of spirituality become a little bit enhanced during the pandemic? Are you seeing it with a little bit of a different light? Yes, absolutely. Like I said, I have made a decision to myself to become more passive in the material world and to be more active within. And there is a sense of urgency about it now with this pandemic. 
so far it would be hey do these things and then go away for a retreat and for 10 12 days you are in the light and you're very happy and then you come back with renewed vigor and energy and then you get back to work and again doing the same things and then there was never a sense of urgency this pandemic has brought on that sense of urgency that you need to be in that light more so you reduce your workload you design your life if you have the control around that light don't run away from it in the name of materialism or consumerism or however you call it yeah it's beautiful advice well i'm going to do a spiritual rapid fire with you you ready sure right i'll just mention a word and just share with us what comes first on the screen of your mind ready yeah god light soul light america flickering filmmaking passion the future bright racism bad india amazing love incredible param learning to live <laughs> fantastic that was perfect i love it param gill thank you so much for joining us it's been a delight just a wonderful little respite as you can feel it's a really intimate conversation and community no fluff no splendor just two folks just wanting to learn more about life and you've added a lot to my journey and i thank you for that thank you you've done the same much appreciated mm much love take care all right everyone i hope and i wouldn't say i hope i know you enjoyed our time together with me and param and if you'd like some more information his information will be right here posted in the program and do contact him and keep up with some of his good work. Remember no one can take away your happiness unless you give them permission and we really are here to practice loving each other the same so we can move towards a more I don't know harmonized, balanced, fun, loving existence. I think it's important. Thanks for joining us on the next normal. See you again real soon. Take good care. Much love. Sister Jenna, you've been listening to America Meditating podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Did you enjoy that conversation? Because you can also listen to it on Spotify or on iTunes, 24/7, anytime, anywhere. I do trust we all have inner power to become our very best. When we listen with curiosity to learn more, we grow. So thanks so much for tuning in, and do be easy on yourself. Take care.